Hello everybody, welcome back to The Passion Project, the podcast where it doesn't matter if anybody else cares as long as you do. I am your host as always, Scott Strange, and some behind the scenes secrets, this is our second attempt at starting this because the first time kind of just shit the bed, but we're okay now. Um, And joining me for the second attempt at this is Robin. Hey Robin. Hello Scott. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I already knew this unless something drastically changed within the past three minutes. (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Good to know you're still doing well. So what have you joined me to talk about today? Uh, it's knitting, my uh, one of my biggest passions currently. Ah, very nice. Yeah, I was thinking earlier today when I was, because I like to get people to try to give a basic description of what the thing is they talk about. And even though a lot of people know what knitting was, if like a clueless person emerged out of a cave with no knowledge of just human society, how would you describe to them what knitting is? Um, okay, so... Uh... I would say that you take a piece of string and then using two sticks to help you to make it easier, mm. you make it into knots and loops um, mm. to create a piece of cloth that can then become basically anything you want. It mm. could be a blanket, a jumper, a shoe, maybe not a shoe, a slipper maybe, <laughs> um, a toy, uh, and, and things like that and it can be almost any shape and it could be any color almost any pattern you can think of so your own creativity is the limit in how you want to create the fabric because when you put it that way it sounds kind of like a form of string magic that is actually like a very accurate simple description but when you're just like i use string and sticks to make clothes and toys it sounds like a form of witchcraft it, no, it does. It does, and it kind of is. Like I've been, I genuinely like um, since we scheduled this. Uh, I've I've been thinking about um, about that as as I knit. Actually, <laughs> the fact that it's just it's so it's such a simple thing. It almost seems magical. How the only thing you're doing is you're pulling a piece of string through a loop to make another loop, and then you do that until you're done. But out yeah. of that simple movement, somehow you can create something as complex as a Star Trek jumper, which is actually something I am making at the moment. Because it really is just different kinds of, you're basically pulling string through loops in slightly different ways to do different things. Yeah. Kind of all Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the sticks are always the same. There's basically no difference in what kind of, like it's just, I mean, obviously there can be metal or bamboo or plastic, but Mm. it's just a piece of pointed, it's a really, really thick needle, like the kind of needle, yes. you know, you use normally. But but that, that's, and that's it. There's no other special kind yeah. of um, tool that you need to do it. So it's it's almost, it's you know, it's really simple. Yes. So how how long have you been into knitting? Um, two and a half years, so, roughly. So, so. So it's not not a not a long term hobby you've had. It's a, like fairly no. new in the grand scheme of things. So what inspired you to take it up? Um. Well, two and a half years ago, I was in a pretty bad place. Actually, I was depressed, mm. very ill, living alone in England with no friends. I was basically yeah. It was it was really bad, and I needed something that could help me. Um, sort of calm down my anxiety and 
let me focus on something else other than the fact that I'm sick and depressed and alone. Um, And uh, I remember that I've been toying with the idea of knitting for some time. And at one point I was just out shopping and I saw um, Hobbycraft. It's a UK um, chain of sort of arts and crafts um, stores. And I thought, well, what the heck? I'm just going to go in and get a ball of yarn and some needles and go for it. Hmm. And I went in and as as I stood in front of the wall of knitting um, tools and implements and stuff, I realized I had no fucking clue what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I was completely clueless, but thankfully the nice ladies at Hobbycraft helped me um, oh, to yes. pick out some stuff. I'm sure you're not the first completely lost person they've seen wandering around the aisles. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, and, and they had classes, they, they were offering classes um, uh, at the place. I mean, unfortunately, it was very far away from where I, I was poor, so even a bus trip was a bit of a stretch for oh, me. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have been but, that person in London before in my life. I understand that I was once upon a time poor and unemployed and depressed in London, so don't worry, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, I've been that person in London and in Nottingham. So, you know, two places in England. <laughs> you're, do- you're doing the depression tour of the United Kingdom. Yes, I did. I mean, only two cities, but, you know, I have the rest of my life in front of me, so I might go back. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I got some stuff. I mean, in retrospect, the yarn I got was crap. It was just sort of basic, uh, sort of plastic acrylic stuff. I mean, it, it was cheap, basically, yeah, is, is, exactly. is what I needed at the time. And and then I got back home and I thought, well, I need to learn from somewhere. <laughs> like, I can't just figure it out on my own. So obviously, I, I had a look on YouTube. And, you know, the other difficulty is that I am left-handed. Um, yes. So I had to find videos for left-handed knitters. Thankfully, there is a series that covers the very, very basics that is pretty good. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's been a bane of my existence ever since because everything is made for right-handed people anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, I assume, you know, same as if you, if you wanted to learn an instrument instead, you would have ran into exactly the same problems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I tried to learn the guitar and it was, it was difficult because all of my teachers were right-handed and I was left-handed and I had everything you know, the, the wrong way around. And it, it's, you know, it takes a while for your brain to process the fact that you need to sw- you need to do everything the other way around. Yeah. And by that point, you're, you know, maybe they've moved on and you need to go back and look at it again. Yeah. And, you know, I, the first thing I did was I kind of knitted up some test swatches um, just to see how things go. I mean, it took me, you know, it felt like I, I did it for years. It it yeah. took so long because I kept making mistakes and, yarn, you know, the yarn was sliding off my needles and then there was a knot there. It was just, yeah, it was a, it was a fucking mess. Um, <laughs> but then I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually knit something that has a purpose and not mm. just test whether I can do stuff. And yeah. I decided I'm going to knit a scarf for my dog. For my dog, because my ah. dog is a miniature dachshund, so she's tiny, so I can make it tiny. Yeah. And it will look <laughs> adorable, so perfect. Absolutely, yeah. And and I did, and it was a three-colour um, scarf. You know, I was really ambitious for my yeah, first three, time. Man, I have done some knitting myself, and even still, I've been too scared to broach, broach multiple colours, because I'm just like, maybe I'll fuck it up. I've only just got one colour down pat. 
<laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, 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 fuck it. I'm just going to go big or go home, you know? <laughs> um, and it was a mess. It was a complete fucking disaster. I mean, looking back at it now, I can see that it was just... It, it's so bad. I mean, honestly, it's uneven. There's holes in it. The random, you know, dropped stitches that just pop up, and I didn't know what it was. Um, I picked up extra extra stitches. I I lost some, so it kind of gets wider than thinner, then wider again. Um, the color changes are horrible. It's just it's, I don't even have it anymore because oh, it was so bad. It is, I know, I, I mean, I, I kind of wish I had kept it, but I guess I think after a while, after I knitted for a while, I decided that it was so bad, it was yes. an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, plus plus your, dog, your dog had fashion standards. Yes, she never she never wore it, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, she's not a fan of, of wearing things anyway. But, yeah. uh, but, you know, I remember that when I made it, I was so immensely proud of what I'd done. I mean, I took pictures of it and posted it on Facebook. And, I mean, thank God for my friends because they were supportive. <laughs> hey, I mean, have you ever really made something if you haven't taken photos and shared it on social media to prove it? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, everything that I make, I mean, even if I paint my nails, I need to put it yeah. on Instagram because it's yeah. like, look, I did something yeah. almost creative. I did a thing. <laughs> yeah, I did a thing. I've done exactly the same thing for exactly the same purpose. I knitted a scarf. I was like, hello, look at this scarf I made. Please provide me with validation. Yeah, it's like I'm not looking for criticism. Just tell me how amazing yeah. I am because I'm learning a new skill and yeah. I know I'm crap. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, since then I actually knitted a proper scarf for her that that she doesn't wear anyway because she doesn't need it. <laughs> but at least if she did, she would look great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she she has a she has black fur and the scarf is kind of off white color, so you know did, contrasts and all did that. You, did you spend a lot of time debating over what would be the perfect color for your dog's scarf? <laughs> No, I have to be honest, absolutely not. I just picked up the biggest ball of yarn I had in my stash at the time and I thought, well, you know, if I if I fuck it up, at least it won't be too much of a waste because I'm not actually going to use that much. Yeah, yeah. Because how, how long would a scarf be for a dog that size? I I would say probably two hours, to be honest. It takes, yeah. and and lengthwise, I would say, I don't know, maybe 30 centimetres. I don't know how that much sounded. that is in Imperial. Is that, that 12, 12 inches, yeah. It's, like, it's a foot, so 12 yeah. inches. So for, yeah, anyone, around, anyone, around the foot, yeah. Anyone who doesn't understand metric, which, what's wrong with you? Metric is the one true measurement. You know what? I've lost count. I kind of I lost track of who uses metric and who who uses imperial in in the world. I mean, I know mm. Europe uses metric and then Britain doesn't because they have to be different. Yeah, but then I know Britain. that because they're Britain, and then in the US, it's kind of like I don't know what their deal is because they I, even they have their imperial is even slightly different to what the yeah. uk uses yeah. so i and i and i don't know about australia at we, all we like, use i have metric. no idea we, we are, okay thank god okay we are sensible <laughs> people yeah we are sensible people who use the metric system okay thank god <laughs> yes exactly so i guess so that, that was your first project i mean it's weird because your your reasons for starting knitting because i mentioned i've done some knitting and my reasoning for starting was almost identical to yours i was in a oh. in a period of depression and i was kind of like i need something to do you know i was doing stuff i was 
watching a lot of TV, playing a lot of video games, yep. that kind of stuff. And I was like, yep. I need something productive. <laughs> I need something where like I can do it. It's cheap. And then I can come out of the other side being like, look, I did a thing and have something to show for yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. knitting seemed cheap was basically it. I did the same thing. I went to Spotlight, which is, you know, the same uh, version of the store you went to, bought a cheap piece of ball of yarn and some cheap needles and just logged onto YouTube and went, let's see how we go. <laughs> yep yeah it was exactly that i would spend i would spend hours because i you know i was unemployed so i would spend hours watching david attenborough yeah. and just knitting and yeah. that, that was basically my day because <laughs> that was the other thing i was like i'm already watching a lot of tv so if i can find something to do that i can do while i'm watching tv that'll probably help yeah. me do it yeah yeah and then the thing is though i actually feel like it has helped me kind of keep my sanity in some way i mean obviously it didn't cure my depression no but it but... was definitely uh, it definitely helped me relax it is mm. genuinely very relaxing and calming and you almost kind of enter in a kind of like a it's almost like a meditation for me mm. when because yeah. i when i focus on it um, um, it's kind of, you know, this repetitive motion that you're doing, um, um, on, on you're counting, because if you're counting stitches, then it's a whole different yeah. game, because that's just frustration from beginning to end. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's very easy to just completely cock up. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I cock it up all the time, especially since I'm not very good at, like, I have this problem where if things look the same, I'm very bad at counting them. I don't know how else mm. to explain this but you know when you have stitches on a needle they all look the fucking same yeah and, and so i have to do it one by one with my finger like you know moving them across the needle like i'm using the fucking abacus when i'm yeah. you know when i was five i'm just going one two three four five and and i've seen some people that just do it in like threes or fours and i'm like how are you doing this they all like yeah, it's impossible they... i would i would completely mess it up and because all it takes is missing one number and a lot of the time it's completely just gone to shit yeah and i i know that for example i knowing myself i need to count things at least i need to count my stitches at least twice mm. to make sure that i'm definitely getting the right number did you does that um, do you feel like that makes you slower than other people might be when it comes to knitting um in mm, Yes and no. I think, I mean, I I don't do that many, um, that many projects that require that much counting, to be honest. And, and, you know, if it's, if it's something like counting up to, I don't know, up to 30 stitches, that's okay. Cause it, it doesn't take that long, but I've been doing, I've been making a, um, a jumper, the Star Trek jumper that I, I mentioned. Hmm. And at any given moment, I have about 146 stitches on yeah. my needles um so counting that takes yeah. a while yeah um but there's one a one trick i did learn from from somebody else on youtube is to use stitch markers so basically i added stitch markers every 20 stitches and then i can see basically how many stitches i had because i could just count the 20s and, and and that's it so there's there's tricks around it Yes, um, and I, what what exactly is a stitch marker for people who don't know? Obviously, it is the thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, <laughs> it marks your stitches, but like, what or how does it function? Um, to be honest, though, I mean, you can get them, so they kind of look like uh, the the ones that you can get. 
look like kind of like key rings but made of plastic um right. so and they come in different different sizes and colors so you can differentiate between them there are some that kind of look like tiny little locks that you can sort of open up and then hook round um your needle or your work and then uh, lock again or to be honest you can use i don't know safety pins um rubber bands um i i used to uh, use um uh, just rings you know the ones that i would use on my fingers or you could use earrings whatever it is that you have on hand that can serve that function so you don't have to buy them it can be almost anything you want it to be is there or you can any- be just a piece of string yeah, is there any real benefit to like the bought ones outside of them maybe being slightly neater? Um, I mean, uh, yes, because they come in larger numbers. So, for example, right. if you're making a piece of work that requires ten, um, you may not have ten rings, or yeah. you know, doing it with pieces of yarn may be difficult, and it also allows you. The ones that you can buy, they also allow you to kind of very quickly and neatly um, put them in into the work. You know, uh, if you have a piece of cloth, you can sort of put them into the work wherever, essentially. So, um, and they're color coded. So you can yeah. use, like, I, I have a color color system in my head. So yeah. I can say, you know, the blue ones mean this and the green ones mean this. So it's just, it's easier. They're not very expensive. A set usually i would probably say i don't know i don't understand australian dollars but i would say probably is you know like i don't know maybe five bucks maybe because what are you are you on the euro where you are no 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 no. so we have a completely different currency so (laughs) i genuinely have no idea what i mean i know what uh, the the situation with the american dollar right now but australian i've never been to australia so i don't even have like a feeling in my head somewhere of what so, it should be. I have literally no okay, idea. I, I've just looked up. How do you pronounce your currency? Because I don't want to try. Because I figure if I try to pronounce <laughs> this, it'll end up being very offensive. Um. Well, no, because I, I don't know. Because we have Polish zwarte. Yeah, That's the word zwarte. I'm looking at right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it actually means golden. Right. So we literally call our currency Polish gold. Okay. Well, one Australian dollar is worth. $2.80 of Polish gold. So there you go. Okay, okay. So roughly up to... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I would say that, like, I don't know, maybe $2, $3 is, is what you pay uh, maybe for stitch markers. And, but they're very useful, yeah. yeah. I, I've never gotten to the point of investing in any myself just because I have not graduated past scarves as a project yet. Mm. So after you, like, you, you made your dog a scarf, like what... And that, you know... You were proud of it, but also it was a piece of garbage, just like my first scarf is. I my first scarf I made for <laughs> I made my first scarf for myself because I didn't want to subject anybody else to the the final product. Yeah. So so what, where did you go from there? Um, and then I made a scarf for myself. Yeah. Um, actually. Um. So, but then I mean, um, after that, I um, I kind of practiced. A bit more so I made some more sort of just test um test sort of uh, swatches to to learn like the two most basic techniques so the purling and the knitting I mean it's just different ways of 
pulling the string through the loops, like the yeah. m- two most basic ways of, of doing it. If you know those two, you can basically do anything. Because yeah, um, I think, because at, at a very basic level, like knitting is, wait, which one's which? Because one's over and one's under, basically, and I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Knitting is, knitting is when you hold the yarn at the back, and yeah. curling is when you pull it to the front. Yeah, so basically, yeah, it's from the most basic level of people who don't know, it's just, yeah, it's just the different direction you are pulling the yarn from when you yep. feed it through, yeah. basically. Yeah, you're either pulling it kind of towards yourself or away from yourself, and that makes a slightly different shape yeah. of, of work. And if you combine the two, it, it, yeah, it can do, you can do basically lots of things with yeah. those two, um, with those two stitches, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of things um, basically boil down to a combination of different numbers of those things. Yeah, is that absolutely? Yeah, so yeah. so you just either you like on one side you do the knitting or and the other side purling, or you just do four here, then three here, and yeah, different stuff like that. So I learned how to. I kind of learned how to do those two as best as I could, and then I found an actually dedicated yarn shop. Um, mm-hmm. In, in in Nottingham, I was in Nottingham at the time, and I kind of splashed out a little bit. I got yeah. slightly better quality yarn, and it wasn't finger color yarn; it was variegated yarn. So it kind of it changed color throughout the length uh, yes. of the string. Yes, I, um, yeah, I, that was that. The, I think the last thing I made was one of the one of those kind of yarns. It was like a yeah, just a what, what was the word you said for it? Variegated. Ah, okay. I didn't know how to name, but yeah. That's yeah. The, sorry. That, that that's the name, but yeah, it's just colorful. I guess. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's just an easy way of saying it. Yeah, and I and I got it. It was kind of you know it was fifty percent wool and and all that, so it was kind of you know slightly more fancy mm. um, than I was used to. Um, but I fell in love with the colors because they were just very bright. I, mm. I would say they're kind of bright green and orange and pink. And pink my is my favorite color. So anything right. that had pink in it, I was kind of immediately <laughs> into. Um, and and I got it and I made myself a scarf, like the, the most basic, simple scarf. Um, it's called. It was called with the rib ribbing. So basically. Mm. Um, I don't know how to exp- to explain it. Kind of, you know how in in scarves sometimes when you look at them, some of the bumps go up and some of them go down. It's kind of yeah. like like a rib essentially pattern. Yeah. So it's up and it's... down and up and down. It, it, it kind of it, it is what it says. Yeah. So um, but yeah, I guess the best way if you if you're looking at it face on, you'll have one one raised row, like or like there'll be a raised bit and then there'll be like an indented bit in a line, and then a raised yep. line, then an yeah. indented line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the only thing you're basically deciding there is how many, how thick the lines are. Yeah, yeah. so you can have them, um, you know, one row or two rows, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I did a very simple, basic pattern like that, and I made a scarf for um, for myself. Um, I still have it to this day, and I, and I use it sometimes. Yes. Um, um, I kind of, um, I do kind of. Um, I remember that I bought two balls of yarn because that's only, I mean, I could only afford that much at the time. And I kind of, I wish I had stopped making the scarf 
waited for a bit and got another ball of yarn later mm. on when I had the money because it's a little bit short for my liking at the moment. I would have liked it to have been a little bit longer. Um, but it's it's fine. Yeah, it, no mistakes there. So mm. I was super proud of myself. Yes. Uh, but I took... I took, uh, yeah, I, I was very, very careful uh, uh, when when making that, uh, and yeah, it's it, yeah, I still have it today, today, and and still use it. Well, that's good. And again, did you seek validation from all your friends and family for that one as well? Absolutely, absolutely. And this time, because it was scarf meant for a human, I put it on and took selfies in it. Ah, so I didn't perfect. post just. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's something that I made for myself, I need to be, my face needs to be on it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great. <laughs> as it's well. Both, it's both feeding your need for validation and any narcissistic tendencies you might have. It's really a double Absolutely, hitter. yeah. Absolutely, Excellent. yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, did you, so, and I posted it to every, yeah. Yeah, so how did you feel? Like when, when you actually like finished that, like did you, how did you feel having done that and achieved it and made a thing? I was over the moon. I remember being so incredibly happy and it was it was amazing because it's it's something I you know I hadn't at that point I hadn't felt in a long time because I was depressed and alone and sick and, and all that. And so that feeling of immense joy and happiness and, and feeling, you know, fulfillment really. Mm. Um was something completely new and it kind of became addictive i think yeah, I, um I, in a way i can imagine that yeah um because it's in, it's something that i've been chasing ever since you know knitting is kind of i want to feel that kind of um immense pride and 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 joy um when i finish something and i look at it and i think i've done a you know i i yeah. it's a good job you know you, you it's something i can be proud of yeah you keep Chasing that yarn dragon, basically. Uh, yes, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because I imagine, like, when you're like, well, I mean, I don't need to imagine. I know because I've been there. But, yeah, when you are in that kind of low mindset, like, you often don't feel that proud of a lot of things that are going on in your life yep. necessarily. Like, you know. Yeah, you, you kind of feel the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, you, you look around and, like, because you, you see – all you do at that point is kind of notice all the other like things that other people are doing that like seem to be like, cause obviously, yeah, like other people might be making their things and doing the same thing, posting it to social media. And you're looking at the other things that people are doing, whatever they might be and being like, well, I don't have any of that. And it kind of feeds into the, the misery you might be feeling at that time. So yeah, it's being able to chase something yeah. where you can be like, here's a thing that I did like on my own out of nothing and I can be proud that I did that. So it's a very understandable yeah. and very helpful thing and rewarding thing in that kind of time. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since like the other thing that would help me sort of calm down and, and sort of get out of my own head was cooking. But because I was poor, yeah. I couldn't really afford any anything fancy um, as mm. such. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, every, every now and then I would kind of splash out a little bit and bake, uh, something for myself. But then again, it was still, it wasn't some, anything permanent. I mean, yeah, I yeah. would be happy and proud that I made a cake, but then I would eat it and then the cake was done and yeah. there was no more cake. Yeah. Whereas with a scarf or anything, anything as simple, I could be like, you know, I made it and I have it. 
I can see yeah. it. I can wear it. And every time I look at it, I, I have this sense of pride and happiness because I, I made this thing and it, and it exists now. Yeah. Do, do you feel like, cause you still have that scarf. Do you still kind of feel uh, like, does that serve as like a, almost like a talisman to that moment kind of thing? Still having that scarf? <sighs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I kind of whenever whenever I use it, I kind of I am reminded of the time when uh, you know of the time of the circumstances surrounding it when I made it. Um, so I do remember it's kind of yeah a reminder of the fact that uh, even at my lowest, I could still produce something I could be proud of, and yeah. that. Um, even though I was sick, you know, mentally and, and physically, I didn't give up and I pushed mm. myself to do something yeah. that wasn't just staring at the TV or, or playing games. Yeah. And even though maybe it wasn't like productive in the sort of societal kind of, you know, to societal standards as in I didn't get a job or anything, but it, yeah. it, it helped me get yeah. through the day and yeah. and kind of um not do anything stupid yeah exactly and at that and at that point when you're when people are in those moments that's kind of all you need at that time like as long as you have something to kind of prove to yourself that you're not useless when you kind of feel like you are a bit yeah absolutely it's yeah, kind and- of and it's been that kind of lifeline for me um um ever since did you feel like in any way that like doing that sort of started kickstarting you into a more upward trajectory or anything? Um, I wouldn't say that it was something that kickstarted me. Actually, what kick- yeah, if I have to be honest, what kickstarted me into an upward trajectory was coming back to Poland. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever um, works. Because- that too. Yeah, no, because, uh, you know, uh, to be honest, you know, I, I kind of came back, my parents took me in and I basically was given, you know, I, lots of the pressures that I had back in England were taken off my shoulders. So I didn't have to worry about money and food and stuff. And that gave me the the time and space to heal. But at the same time, I continued to knit. Hmm. So it was something that... While maybe it wasn't the deciding factor and the most important thing um, that helped me to to get better, it definitely was something that contributed um, to it. So whenever I got anxious or stressed or even, you know, I felt a little bit lower, um, I would go back to knitting to calm myself down and relax and put on my good friend Sir David Attenborough on TV (laughs) Um, and listen to his soothing voice and just concentrate on something else other than the world around me. Because, yeah, like I, I, as you said before, it had a very kind of medi- meditative quality to it, which which I guess if you have done anything with meditation, they do kind of, it's all about learning how to manage those thoughts when they happen. So, yeah, yeah I guess it helped you from getting caught up too much in the, depressive thoughts by distracting them with something useful yeah yeah and and it's something that i mean i kind of uh, i've seen um around quite a bit that that um it has been said of knitting that it actually genuinely helps for example um uh you know older people in people who might be in care homes uh, Mm. and stuff that knitting is one of those things that 
actually helps them stay positive. And it is a form of meditation to them. It, you know, helps them focus because you you need to focus on your hands. So you you by by that 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 means that you definitely cannot focus on anything else other than what you're doing with your hands. Um, and David and David Attenborough. And, and David Attenborough, yeah. Um, but his soothing voice kind of you know washes you like um, like a balm. Uh, and I, so he's kind of. I bet David Attenborough knits. I don't know that he does, but I would be surprised if that he is. Like, if he does, that I, I, it's not something that would surprise me. Yeah, all. I imagine him like sitting in a tree, staring at like lying <laughs> in the in the African tundra while just knitting away. The African tundra, you say? <laughs> hey man, this is why this is why David Attenborough voices over his documentaries, and I don't because I say things like African tundra. <laughs> no, but the the image of of David Attenborough in all of it, you know, ninety two years of him climbing a tree to knit somewhere yeah. in Africa is something that I would I would definitely pay to see. <laughs> uh, hopefully, that'll be Pla- Planet Earth series three. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> did you decide to get more adventurous at any point? Like, what did you did you make more scarves? Because I know that's what I've done. I've made a whole lot of scarves because. Like, basically, I try something new and I fuck it up. So I go back to a scarf just to be like, you're not incompetent. You can still do something. So have did you get into a more adventurous mode after a bit? Uh, yes, I absolutely did. Uh, I remember that about nine months after I started knitting, I knitted a toy. Ooh. Um, and that was, um, I think, super um, adventurous of me, uh, to be honest, because I remember. And it, um, uh, I, I mean, at the beginning when I started knitting, I had a lot of time, so things would go pretty quickly. But then I started studying uh, medicine, and that kind of put a put a stop to yeah. a lot of my knitting knitting time. Um, so lots of things take take a long time now, and so I started knitting the toy. I think in like, uh, I think it must have been like August two thousand and sixteen, and probably finished it in like November maybe. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I remember that uh, my one of my friends um, gave birth to uh, to her first child, a boy, mm. and she found out when he was born that he has Down syndrome, yeah. um, um, which was tough. Not not maybe even because you know um, because she had anything against people with Down syndrome. It was more the fact that you know, she was expecting a healthy child and then suddenly mm. said, oh, well, your kid has Down syndrome, now deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, don't, I don't think it's impolite to just be like, that is a difficult thing to deal with. I think it's universally accepted yeah. that it would just be rough. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're not, um, if you're not prepared for it because, yeah. you know, it, th- there's a lot of care, you know, you need a lot of resources and time and mm. stuff to, to take care of children that might be in some way disabled and you never know how disabled they may be but anyway um especially in poland where you basically have you get no 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 help like at all Uh, so um 
So I remember that I thought that I would make a toy for him um, and kind of for her and for him uh, as a kind of, you know, just something to show my love and support for him and, and, yeah. and, and, and stuff and for her. Um, and I knitted a monkey um, mm. um, because I, at some point when I was in England, I also got a bug with um just different patterns and i found yeah. that they had a section on on toys and obviously i didn't go for the easiest pattern mm-hmm. that could be which was just a square with some eyes that was supposed to be a sheep no 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 <laughs> i went for the most complex um pattern in the box which was a monkey where you have to make the body and head separately then each leg and each arm and then the ears and then the um, the tail, and you change colors because part of the you know part of the um, the arm is in one color, but then the very hands themselves um, are a different color. I mean, the hands didn't have fingers, thank God. Mm, um, yeah. They were just rounded ends, but they were different color to denote where the hand um, began. Um, and then I had to, you know, um, you know, connect it all and sew it up and seam it and stuff it and, you know, just make it into a toy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was a mixed success. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I knitted it up pretty well at that point, but I, I but that by that point, um, I had never, I've never done any seaming. Um, so I've never connected two pieces of, of, you know, um, knitting together and I had absolutely no fucking clue what I was doing, like completely (laughs) nothing. I was just, I mean, I, I watched videos on YouTube on how to do the mattress stitch. That's the, that's the name of what you use when you want to seam something together, um, uh, but you don't want to actually see. So it's like an an invisible seam. So it looks like you just, you know, you actually made it out of the magical thing um but obviously i didn't know what i was doing i was kind of winging you know winging it not winging uh winging (laughs) it i was whinging yeah you're whinging as you winged it yeah 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 um and and so yeah obviously there were there were some mistakes but i i was again i was incredibly proud and happy with with what i managed and uh that was you know just under two years ago and apparently like the toy became his favorite toy and he has it um yeah. he has it still and every now and then she sends me video updates i mean she lives in a, in a different city so we don't see each other that much but she sends me video updates of him playing uh with the monkey and like putting it to sleep and and stuff like that so it's incredibly know? sweet yeah and like i guess yeah that's again that kind of adds to the whole rewarding aspect because there's, there's one thing there's one thing when you're doing something for yourself that you did, that you've done for yourself that you like and are proud of, but it's kind of another thing when you make something like that that actually brings joy to someone else, especially when they were having that kind of difficult time. I feel like even small amounts of joy are pretty good things to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. What kind of made me realize that that's actually what I want to do with my knitting is not make things just for myself, but make as many things as I can for other people Plus, to make them happy. Like there's only so many of your own knitted things you can have anyway before it starts getting weird. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, there, there is one. Um, I mean, obviously I've made scarves for myself. I made, I made a cowl, uh, a scarf. I, I do have a plan for a, 
a sort of a cardigan uh, to make for myself uh, for this coming winter. But that's mostly because I am very tall and uh, and big. I'm a bit of a fat lady. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so buying things for myself um, that fit me are, are very, very difficult. So I just thought, yeah. eh, fuck it. I'll just make my own. I have the opposite thing where I'm a very short man and I have the same problem for just different reasons because it's impossible buying clothes for a a male of my size most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being 5'11", and, you know, I'm I'm kind of um, big busted um, (laughs) and all that. So anything is just finding things that fit my arms and my chest are nigh on impossible, essentially. Mm. Yes. So, did he end up giving a name to the monkey? No, I didn't. Um, uh, I didn't because I thought that I would leave the honor to um, oh. to the recipient. Has he given a, given a name yet, or his mum given a name? No, he's just called Monkey. Yeah. It, it doesn't have a name. I don't think. Um, uh, so, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm completely fine with that. As far as I yeah. know, it's the only monkey he owns. So yeah. I, I understand that that's why the monkey is just called monkey. <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's no, there's no traitors to the monkey thrones coming in or anything like that. Yeah, especially since he's like, I think he's not even two yet. Yeah. So. And <laughs> and he has some, and you know, he his sort of linguistic development is slightly delayed. So. You know, speech is is something that he's still working on. So I'm not surprised that monkey is is as far as they got. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess naming the monkey was lower on the priorities at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just absolutely delighted that that he he loves it and plays yeah, with it, and it's... I can see signs of wear and tear on mm. on the monkey. So I know that it's well loved, and, so, yeah. and that's what really makes you me like... happy. You like to imagine when when he's older, he'll have that completely tattered monkey tucked away somewhere on a shelf or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if it survives, because I mean, if it like rips anywhere or, or you know, the, the yarn becomes kind of um, thin and maybe there's holes. I mean, the stuffing will just come out. Yes. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> not. And the thing is, though, is one of those things where it will be very difficult to fix. <laughs> yeah, I, it's probably like yeah, one seam away from just kind of exploding in a in a graph. Yeah, I mean, if, if the seam if the seam gives, that's fine because you can you can do that. But if it, if there's a hole ripped somewhere else, then that's yeah. kind of it. I, there's not much you can do. I mean, you can do a like a patch it up, I guess. But, but like it's you know yeah, slightly different to like a. You know, like like a, like a teddy bear made of regular material. You can you can kind of yeah. more stealthily patch up, but knitting it's very obvious when something's gone wrong. Yeah, especially since I did it in pretty chunky yarn because I yeah. wanted it to make it fairly big, so yeah. you can see you would be able to see very clearly where the uh, where the patching up was. But we'll see we'll see how long it survives. So did you have anything like that when you were young? Was there anyone in your family or anything who knitted toys for or for their relatives or family friends when you were a kid? Um, not toys, but when I was born, my great-grandmother knitted booties for me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I don't remember them because, yeah. you know, I was a newborn. But uh, but yeah, apparently she knitted booties for me, and I mean that was the only thing that she knitted for me. She kind of 
um, her health deteriorated um, fairly quickly uh, after that. But my paternal grandmother used to knit jumpers for me. Nice. Um, and uh, which I, I mean, at the time I hated because they were made from real, actual 100% wool. Yeah. So they were awful to wear <laughs> like yeah, i mean it was it was really coarse wool yeah. so obviously pure wool can be very itchy and uncomfortable if you don't yeah. wear anything else underneath it yeah. um but looking back at it now it was pretty fucking amazing that she would do that for me and my sister yeah because i i have a similar memory <laughs> of like well, one of my grandmas she knitted me yeah, like a, a jumper and it was like a big it's like a big white or beige jumper, and then it had like a giant Donatello's face from the Ninja Turtles on it. And uh. I honestly wish I still had that jumper now. I I want that jumper to this day. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean the the ones I got were were not anything like there wasn't any pattern specific mm. pattern to it. They were just kind of jumpers with a like a turtleneck thing. Um, um, but they were made. I remember that. They made from again variegated yarn so colorful yarn and mm. um and they were you know they were the kind of colors that i now love i didn't love them back then and obviously they were uncomfortable and i refused to wear that that jumper yeah. uh, which i regret now but i can yeah. like being yeah. a knitter now and and the fact that you know i am making a jumper myself i can i now appreciate how much work went went into it because the thing is though she also made them to fit yeah. it wasn't like she made them three sizes too big so that i grow into it she made them so that they fit me at the time when she made them yeah um which you know is pretty amazing uh to me i mean i'm making a jumper now for one of my best friends and i already know it will be two sizes too big for her <laughs> <laughs> because i'm just really bad at sizing things up but you know, yeah. uh, to be honest though no, it's better that it's oversized and not undersized so. oh, yeah. I, I mean yeah an oversized <laughs> an oversized jumper is still going to be a good jumper for just lounging around in the winter time so it yeah is that's true gonna yeah. serve its purpose very well i think yeah but yeah i i have sort of you know being in it and now i have this newfound respect for what my grandmother um did and uh and you know i think the last Thing I got from her, and, and last knitted thing I, I received from her, I must have been about ten, probably, maybe eleven. So you know, nearly twenty years ago. I mean, and she died last year. So, uh, uh, so, uh, so yeah. So uh, it, it's been. It's, so it, it was a long time ago that I that I actually had my my first sort of interaction with hand knitted. Did you ever talk to her about your knitting once you took it up? And, like, in any way, did she give you any knitting pointers? Um, sadly not. She had Alzheimer's. Oh. Um, so by the time I started knitting, she basically wasn't all yeah. there anymore. Uh, and it was difficult. She didn't recognize me. She would, yeah, she, yeah. she thought I was my, my dad's wife. So, yeah. you know, she had no idea who I am. So there's no way to talk yeah. to her about anything, which was a shame. It, it, I actually did feel, um, I did feel like there was uh, a lot of sort of, you know, there could have been a lot of potential sort of interaction yeah. there uh, and, and finding a new bond between us because of knitting. But sadly, um, yeah. it, it couldn't happen. 
but I guess, like, do you feel like at least now, even if you never got to bond with her about it, you're at least, you're at least like keeping that going in some way. So it's even if it was never really acknowledged, there's a sort of bond there, just you carrying the knitting torch on into the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know, to be honest, I never thought about it that way, but in, in, in a way, it kind of is that. I mean, I, I don't know how prevalent the art of knitting was in, in my family. Apart from me, nobody knits and nobody yeah. wants to. Uh, everyone yeah. kind of uh, teases me about it, that I'm, mm-hmm. I am basically turned into an 80-year-old grandma uh, at the age of 30. So did I, and I'm a 34-year-old man, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is truth to it, that's yeah. for sure. I'm the kind of person that would prefer to stay home and watch David Attenborough for the fifth time <laughs> and knit rather than go out to a club. Um, yeah, so they are absolutely correct. <laughs> Unless it was um, a knitting club. Listen, if I could find a really good knitting club somewhere where I live, I would join it in a heartbeat. Um, well, I, like, so, I like to imagine you know, like an actual club combined with knitting. So it's just like house music, but everyone's sitting around knitting as the lights are like pulsating around them. I see. Now that would be difficult. I mean, the music is fine, but I would find it really difficult mm. to knit in dim pulsating lights. Yeah, that's you're right. That's you're not right. great. It would need to be a well lit club. Yeah, it has to be pretty, pretty well lit. And you need comfy you know uh okay. so the music can't be too loud <laughs> okay well okay i'm still this is only a plan this is like i'm i'm ironing out the kinks as i go give me time yeah 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 okay uh, talk to me when you have something you okay. know i'll something, let you know when i when yeah. i have a proper when i have a proper business pitch and a business case drawn yeah, yeah yeah so <laughs> so tell me about this this star trek jumper you're making i want to know what exactly a star trek jumper is Okay, so the Star Trek jumper actually started because on Tumblr, um, uh, I I follow some knitting blogs as well as blogs that I kind of, you know, I have their interests, um, mm, but yes. some of them are knitting. And I remember that um, somebody posted a scan of um, a series of patterns um, to do with the original Star Trek show. Um, so the patterns are from like the seventies, I think. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's one where it's just M- enterprise. There's one where it's with Spock's face. There's one with Kirk's face. Um, and I think two others, I can't remember what exactly, uh, are what, what's exactly on them. Um, but I kind of jokingly, you know, uh, posted, sort of reblogged it to to my blog and said, "Oh, who who wants to commission me for a Star Trek jumper?" Um, and then my my best friend immediately messaged me saying, "Like I do." <laughs> and I was like, I mean, "Yeah." You realize? I was like, "Okay." You realize I have never actually made any type of garment apart from a scarf. Like I've made mm. toys and stuff. But I've never made jumpers, and I've never made anything that has a pattern that is this complex. Mm. And she was like, nope, nope, that's fine, but I, I want it. Yeah, um, I, would, I would be that friend. I, if anyone posted that, I would absolutely be going, knit me that immediately. <laughs> yeah, see, because uh, I, you know, I, I like Star Trek, but I'm kind of more into next generation. So that's always been a point of... Uh, a bit of tension between us because we would argue about which one is better. I didn't um, even, I didn't even like sorry, Star I d- Trek, and I'd still want it. 
Oh no, it's it's one of those things where like I if somebody told me if if I saw a Star Trek jumper where I could I could buy or or commission, I would get it, you know, if yeah. I had the money. Um and yeah, and I'm still not like a massive Star Trek fan. I'm probably more of a Star Wars fan, but yeah, I would still get it. Because I like the thought of even if you've never you've never done it before, you either get like you either get one that looks really nice and you do it well, or you mess it up and you get this jumper that just has this grotesquely deformed Spock face on it, which would also be fantastic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thankfully, my friend picked out the pattern with the Enterprise, uh, not with Spock's that's face. Disappointing. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. I think in in a way, even though. You'd think that Spock's face would have more opportunities for fucking up. It's actually mm. a lot simpler yeah. um, when it comes to the pattern because um, Spock's face is a lot more regular in a way. Like you have yeah. the oval and obviously there's a few more colors that are involved, but the the Enterprise, there's just... I don't know how to explain it. it, it it's not a regular pattern. So basically, I had to count stitches yeah, it's not all a, the it's, fucking time. It's not a regular shape, I guess, the best way of putting it. At least, like, because a face is a fairly consistent, like, a reasonably consistent shape top to bottom. Yep. Whereas, yep. yeah, for anyone who has seen what the Enterprise ship looked like, it is not. Yeah, it's absolutely not. So, um, so knitting, and the thing is, uh, like, I I started making that jumper. Um, shit, wait, when was it? Um, a year and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is so, a very long term project. Yeah, so so you know, it's and the thing is though, I was upfront. I said, look, I'm not a fast knitter because mm. I have a lot of you know, I I study medicine and I work as well. I'm an English teacher, um, right? Because I need to, you know, uh, that's how I make money. Mm. Um, so I probably won't have that much time for knitting. You should probably expect this in about a year. <laughs> Are you still up for it? And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So um, basically, um, because the cost of um, of yarn is, I mean, at this point, you need so much yarn that it becomes a substantial amount. Yeah. Um, so we agreed that basically she will uh, just PayPal me the money for the yarn and I, and I do the work. And yeah. I will not charge her because she's my best friend. I will not charge her for like, the hours I make it or, 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 you know, the hours I spend making it or, or anything like that. I just need her to cover the cost of materials and then I'll take care of the rest. Hmm. Um, um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's, 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 um, it's the, the background. So the, the body of the, the jumper is, um, is sort of Navy blue. Um, dark blue, like the night sky, I guess. Makes sense. Um, Space and all that. Yep, 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 all that. And the um, the uh, Enterprise itself, the Enterprise and the sort of the stars around it are white. Right. Um, so again, makes sense because of stars and, and all that. And, <laughs> yep. you know, it, it was a... Um, I mean, because I made that in pieces. So uh, you make the back, the sleeves, and the front all separate. Yeah. Um. So making the the sleeves and the back was piss easy because it's just knitting it's block blue. I it, imagine. 
it's just a block of blue in a certain shape. So yeah. if you have the basics covered, then 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 you can do it pretty easy. And that the, I, I made that those bits pretty quickly. Hmm. But then when it came to making the pattern, oh my god, I, that's what I've been. That's what I've spent the last year on essentially is making the fucking pattern because yeah. I've had to start over twice because <laughs> uh, I fucked up so badly. Because um, yeah, with something I, that like that intricate there's no real way of hiding your mistakes they will stand out very clearly Um, well yes and no um there are certain mistakes you cannot hide however i i finished the bulk of the pattern now all i need to do now is knit up the rest of the blue background so just the top of the cardigan um but the pattern itself is done i can see now that i've made some mistakes um um, however, there is a way to fix them. As in, I, I for example, I missed a few places um, where, for example, I should have knitted in white and I knitted in blue um, and other way around. Um, however, th- there are ways, basically, you do embroidery. Yeah. Um, and using embroidery, so basically just, just looping the white yarn through the blue, you can actually mimic. Uh, what uh, a stitch in that place would look like. Right. Um, right. Uh, so I, I will basically fix certain things in post, as it were, um, <laughs> with just a bit of um, a bit of embroidery, and hopefully it will not be too bad. And obviously, it will be a little bit lumpy, and it will be too big, uh, and all that. But my friend said, you know, you know, it will be made with. Love. Yeah, um, I think to a so certain element. She's not expecting uh, shop standards. <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh, like yeah, that uh, adds a certain amount of charm to it. I think, like you know, the little little missed bits here and there, and little things like you can see, you can, you can see the effort that you put into it. I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah, and and to be honest, though, I I kind of obviously my own knitter's pride um, is is kind of you know I, I would love it to be absolutely um perfect and and i will always be a little bit um uh you know pissed off at myself that i i i fucked it up in in a few places but at the same time i can see her side of things i mean if somebody very close to me made a jumper um for me um and even if it wasn't perfect i would love it i would treasure it and and wear it and take good care of it so i can understand why it doesn't bother her Cause yeah, like I I made a scarf for a friend, and it was it was one of the it was like like I think the second thing I made I made a scarf for a friend, and to me I noticed the few like every once in a while yeah there's like a misstitch and stuff like that, and those things when I looked at it always jumped out to me. So like when I gave yep. it to her, I was like, I'm sorry, there's some fuck ups in there. I'm sorry. She's like, I can't even see them. Like, but they're still yeah, like yeah. They're, they're like shining brightly at me, and it's all I can see when I look at it. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's one of those things where when when you make something, you kind of you um you notice those things straight away, especially if they're own. Although I have noticed, like I I noticed in myself that whenever I look at things now, I immediately like when I look at knitted stuff like hats, for example, winter hats and scarves and stuff. First of all, first thing I do is figure out what pattern it could have been yes. <laughs> uh, and how it was made. And if yeah. it's handmade, I genuinely, I have this thing where I cannot, I, I can't not notice mistakes, even if yeah. it's someone else's work. 
Um, but I guess for people who don't knit, they don't see it because they don't know what they're looking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you ever after you started it, if you see someone knitting in public or anything, does part of you want to go up to them and just be like, "What are you doing? What are you making?" Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't see that many people knitting in public. I'm usually the one that knits in mm. public. Um, yeah. uh, and I know that I've had people, I've had people, a lot of people come up to me um, yeah. and ask me what I'm doing, whether I do it professionally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think the nicest thing that has ever happened to me was when um, a little kid um, came up to me and asked me if I could teach them how to knit. So I spent the next 15 minutes uh, trying to teach a little boy um, um, how to knit, uh, which was um, an absolute joy. Yeah, because I just I know, like, not long after I started this, I suddenly saw this girl on my bus that I catch to walk at work every morning. Suddenly, some days she'd be there with her knitting, and, like, part of me just wanted to start bugging her about what she was doing. But I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to leave her alone because I would hate it if someone annoyed me on the bus. The bus is for being yeah. left alone. Yeah, it's one of those things where if I'm in a park and, and stuff and I'm just kind of obviously chilling and, and just enjoying life and knitting, then, yeah, you can come up to me and talk to me. But if I'm, like, on the bus or anything, I am knitting because I want to be left alone. Exactly. Not because I want to talk um, uh, about uh, about knitting. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, for example, I'm, I'm actually... Um, I am going to. I'm. I'm going to be traveling to America in July, actually, to see my friend and give her the jumper in person. Oh, so that's my deadline <laughs> for making it. But I am. I will be taking knitting on the plane with me, and I'm. I'm kind of. Um. I'm wondering, you know, will people leave me alone because they will see that I am obviously busy, or will they try to talk to me? Um. I, and I'm kind of like, I. I hope they leave me alone. <laughs> actually, yeah, the last time I flew, I. I think I might have been knitting something at home and I think it was when I flew to Hawaii last year. And right before I left, I was like, wait, if I want, if I decided to take knitting with me, I wasn't sure if it was actually okay to take knitting needles on planes. And I was got very yeah. confused about it. And what did you find out? Uh, I didn't really get any kind of conclusive answers. It was some, some things were like, yeah, it's fine. Other things are like, uh, they, some, they may say yes, they may say no. Like nowhere really seemed to be able to give me any kind of definite answer. Everywhere seemed to be like maybe. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm I'm running into the same problem because obviously you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the plane for eight hours. That's that's yeah. a long time, and it, and I will fly. I will be flying through the day, so I yeah. I won't have you know I probably won't sleep the whole time, and I'll need to do something. Hmm. Um, um, so, uh, I yeah I I I've been running into the same problem where if I look for it online there's no answers or there's contradictory answers. The, the, um, the company I'm going to be flying with doesn't have the answers on their website. They haven't responded to my emails either. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, I'll probably have to at some point, you know, get them to answer me because my problem is, is that metal needles, yeah, so that, so that would be. I think that would be where you would run into the biggest issue. I think if uh, plastic yeah. or wood, less things. But if they're gonna call attention to themselves going through a metal detector, then you, there's gonna be some 
problems. Yeah. So yeah. So I can imagine that you know bamboo or plastic or something like that would be completely fine. Although to be honest, they're still kind of pointy. I mean, yeah, um, they still they would still have the same effect if you like really wanted to poke someone with it. Yeah, if you wanna, if you really want to, you could kill with a knitting needle. Like <laughs> yeah, you genuinely so, could. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not that difficult, um, especially if they're you know if they're thin enough and yeah. pointy enough. There's gonna be no problem. You know, I'm positive. I've, I, I'm positive. I've seen a horror movie of some kind where someone was murdered with a knitting needle. Yeah, it, it must have happened at some point. Yeah. But then again, yeah. But but at the same time, I have metal ones. But my metal ones are genuinely very. They're not sharp at all. They're like yeah. the 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 dullest ones I have. Hmm. So I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I I have no idea. But I would I genuinely. I would love to 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 take them on. Uh, I'm sure. I I, 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 I yeah. I I mean, I'd like to think you could. But who knows? Oh, well, good luck. I yeah, I no. certainly hope you don't run into any issues because it would definitely be good for you to have that to do for that eight-hour flight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I'll get in them definitely beforehand. And yeah. worst comes to worst, I'll just have to shove my knitting into the um, the check-in bag. But, yeah. you know, I'd rather avoid that if I can. Hmm. So is there anything... So you're obviously working on this for a friend. Do you have anything which is, like, something you'd really like to make for yourself one day? Um, That's a really good question. Um... I think that the next big thing that I'm genuinely scared of making is socks. Ah. Um, because um, they just seem really complex in a way. I mean, first, I I don't know why. It's, it's one of those things where um, they just seem incredibly fiddly. Because with socks, you normally make them with pretty thin yarn and I just feel like my big long fat fingers, you know, yeah, just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I have definitely um, struggled. The thinner the yarn I've used, the more I have messed up. I have discovered. Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of it, it's daunting because there's also techniques in there that I haven't uh, that I haven't tried before. Mm. Um, uh um so it would be it would be an interesting thing um an interesting thing uh, to do but i i'm still not i don't feel ready yeah. for it um yeah. just yet so i'm kind of putting it off and especially with socks with socks you do them seamlessly so you just mm. you just knit them either from the heat even from the from the toes or from like the calf side sort of down um it depends on what pattern you use but you know there's no seaming so you have to do it properly and i'm kind of scared of i don't know making them too big too small fucking something up and not being able to do it because i if you imagine you know when you look at a sock the heel is basically where the biggest problem is yeah because that's the because like uh, on the like when you initially think of making a sock you're like no it won't be that difficult because it just seems it's like just a, a tube. small but then when, yeah when you think about it you're like oh wait it has that weird angle bit which yeah which is obviously yeah the heel where you hit the heel and it sort of changes direction yeah. You, yep. You yeah. It's called, yeah like, it's called the gusset. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have knitted before, you suddenly realize you're like, I don't actually know how you would do that part, but it seems hard. Yeah, it seems hard. You know, everyone that I've seen talk about knitting socks, they say, oh, you know, once you start, you can never stop. You'll end up knitting socks all the time, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I'm just like, well, yeah, but at the same time, you know, if I, I make socks and then what? I mean, <laughs> there's only so many times I can, you know, it's, it's, 
it's also one of those things where I would love to learn how to do it, but I don't feel like I have this pressing need to yeah. make them um, for myself. Um, yeah. But and so, uh, um, you know, it, there's nothing, there's no nothing in particular that kind of I'm dying to do. At the moment, apart from making the jumper, I'm learning a new technique. Um, so I'm kind of, I've been concentrating on that. Uh, recently a, and i'm making a toy do you have um, like a yep. favorite technique or like a favorite stitch of any kind oh just a basic knit stitch because it's easy it's the one stitch yeah it's 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 the one stitch i can do without looking yeah, so yeah. for example with with knit stitch i can watch tv and actually look at tv uh look at the tv and i don't have to look at what i'm doing yeah i definitely once tried I was trying to make a scarf in some kind of new pattern. I can't even remember what it was. And after trying and like I kept fucking it up and I think I tried it about five, I had to restart it like five different times. And eventually I went, you know what? I was going to go back to something I actually know how to make. And I just, yeah, I mm. went back to like a very basic pattern just because I was sick of failing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just very nice to, um yeah it's it's the most relaxing for me yeah. so so whenever i'm um i so when i'm you know i'm making the jumper one side of it is is done in the knit stitch so that's the one where i'm i'm genuinely the most relaxed because i'm just not even looking at my hands yeah um and doing it if i could read books hmm. and uh, and knit at the same time that would be perfect well, audio books are a thing yeah, but I actually like reading myself, and some yeah, of the books why, I, mean, I yeah. want to read, you know, I, I can't get actually, them on audiobooks. I don't really like audiobooks that much either. I'd much rather read. Yeah, um, I tried audiobooks once. I tried one single book, and I never finished it because I just, I just couldn't. I would get distracted, and then I would have to go back and re-listen to it. And yeah. besides, the the voices just didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> The only one I listened to that was okay was like a, wasn't even, it was like a sort of, sort of autobiographical thing, but it was also read by the person who wrote it. So it just felt, you know, it felt a bit more authentic then, but that's about, I've listened to it a grand total of one audiobook that I liked. Yeah. Uh, the only audio I liked was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because it was read by Stephen Fry. Ah, yes, yes. Doesn't he also do and, the and that just books? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that massively into Harry Potter, but I know that I've I've heard that his version of, of Harry Potter is is just delightful. Yeah, yeah, I, makes sense. If he does a good Hitchhiker's Guide, I imagine he'd do a good Harry Potter. Yeah, it just his voice just fits. I don't know, and also because I guess he has a personal collection a connection to Douglas Adams since they knew each other and they were friends. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it feels there's like a little more to it than your average audiobook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, I guess, like, to wrap things up, I guess, just to sum up, like, what is it that you find, if you're, like, explaining what it is you find most rewarding about doing knitting and why it's something you really enjoy and want to keep doing, how how would you tr sum that up, if you could? Um, I would say that um, knitting for me is just um, a an outlet for my creativity. Not that I'm a hugely creative person. I'm 
kind of mostly a scientist. So I'm, <laughs> I'm ruled by reason and, and logic, but it's, it kind of, it allows me to explore my more creative side whilst at the same time it gives me the opportunity to make other people happy with what yeah. I make. Um, and it's a skill that maybe is not so common, I think, nowadays, at least among my friends. I only have yeah. one other friend that can knit. Um, uh, uh, and and it, it's just, it, I guess it just, uh, like I said before, it, it, it allows me to, in a way, I guess, meditate and relax and focus on something that is not my, you know, day-to-day problems. So it yeah. kind of allows me to escape whatever reality um, I need to escape, whilst at the same time, at the end of it, I have something tangible I can say, you know, I created this. Mm. Um, uh, and it, it just makes me feel incredibly proud of myself uh, and that's for a, doing yeah, and I, I mean, I think anything that leaves you feeling that way is a, a good thing because I think, I don't know, I think people need to take more opportunities to be proud of themselves for stuff they do because a lot of people, I guess sometimes people feel a bit gloaty to be proud of themselves about stuff, but it's like, nah, fuck it, be proud of something. Uh-huh. Post it and gloat to everyone and force them to compliment you. Yeah. Also, the side benefit of like learning how to knit is that if you need to get a gift for someone, you have a solution at your fingertips and they're sort of obligated to like it because you made it. Yes, for example, you know, when, when my one of my best friend's um, daughter was born, um, my gift to them for the baby shower was a baby blanket. <laughs> um, um, and that would me like five months to make because it, it ended up being huge. Um, but that's sorted. I'm already making – she was born in – in um january but i'm already making uh, a gift for her for her first birthday so you know yeah. i'm kind of i'm sorted essentially yeah, i, I <laughs> for the next several years yeah. you, that, that's all she's getting yeah basically yeah i mean for the foreseeable future that's what the kid is gonna get i mean <laughs> my family neighbors members maybe not so much because there's only so many scarves and hats and, and stuff you can you can um you can get and you know like I said, I don't have the time to make, you know, I have four sisters, so I don't yeah. have the time to make four jumpers a year, plus my parents as well. So, you know, yeah. um, they have get, to make, settle for, yeah. for something else. Make them one jumper that they have to share collectively. They get like a couple, <laughs> yeah. of, months, a couple of months custody of the jumper each. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, though, it's things where, I mean, I know I'm kind of wrapping up, but there's one thing in knitting that people think that, Knitting is the cheaper alternative to to buying clothes. Well, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, it is knitting definitely is, not. It's knitting is surprisingly expensive. When you want to make something for yourself, a jumper, cardigan, whatever, even a scarf could be expensive. Like because if if you want to get if you want to have natural fibers like wool or alpaca wool or whatever. It becomes so expensive so quickly, yeah. and you usually need so much of it that knitting is not a cheap hobby. It turns out it's very much a, like a, a a pay for what you get kind of thing. Like, and the the nicer you want it to feel, the more you're gonna pay. Yeah, and it's also why most are complete hoarders when it comes to yarn. Like, for example, yeah. whenever I have a little bit of money and I walk past the yarn shop, I go in and I buy stuff because you never know. You never know when it, I might need it. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I to the point where I I don't have any space in my room anymore. Because I've just I don't have any more space for yarn, but I still yeah. want more of it because yeah. you never know. I might need it someday. It becomes a and you know you you see something on clearance, so you're like, well, that's cheap. I have to get it because it's cheap. Or oh, I like that. Yes. I yep. can't guarantee they'll still have yep. that in stock next time I pass. I gotta gotta get that. Yeah. Yep, because I might need it for something. What I might need it for, I have no idea, yeah. but I better get it quick. Yep, it's, I guess the best way of putting it, it's it's cheap to learn and then expensive to do. Yes. It, I mean, obviously, you can do it cheaply. However, if you want to, you know, if you want to make something that is, for example, um, maybe a little bit more durable, um, for uh, so, if you want to make, I don't know, a, a piece of clothing that lasts you um, a significant amount of time, and I mean like more than two years, more like you know up to ten or even more, then you need to uh, kind of invest in getting an actual, you know, a yarn that is made from actual proper wool, um, and and the amount you need just makes it like you can spend hundreds of dollars on it. So basically, anyone out there thinking about getting into knitting, prepare yourself. It's a, like a, a rabbit hole towards financial ruin. Go in there with that mindset and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Prepare that if you get hooked on it, you'll never look back. And also, you will spend most of your money on it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, were, you weren't lying earlier when you described it as kind of being like a drug. Yeah, it's no, absolutely. It, for me, it's it's like a, a type of addiction. Like I I can't, you know, there are days where I can't wait to go back home and knit, and I'm just kind of itching to get my hands on on something to do. Well, in that in that case, I probably better let you get going so before you start jonesing to knit again. <laughs> no, no, it's, today is fine. I don't have plans to knit until until later in the evening. But oh, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, but I do have but I do have plans to knit. That's yeah. That's, well, yeah, of course, of course. You can't let a day go by. Well, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me for that to tell me all about your knitting adventures. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you. You do stuff that you that makes you proud of yourself. That's that's something I like to hear in people. Thank you, and and for for having me. No, any time. And yeah, well, that's about it for today's episode. Thank you, everybody, again, for listening. And thank you, Robin, of course, for joining me. But until next time, everybody, please stay out there and keep on caring. Bye.